I recently switched out my winter wardrobe with my summer clothes. Do you do this too? Each time I have the opportunity to take stock of what I have, what I use, what I need to donate, and what gaps I'd like to fill. One of the funnest ways I've loved to fill those gaps is through Armoire, a clothing rental membership that can help you build the perfect summer wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your online closet. The styles show up to your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles that help fill those wardrobe gaps without the major investment or commitment. For my first case from Armoire, I chose mostly summer dresses from Bowdoin, a brand I can't typically afford, and the chicest double-breasted black blazer from Paige that has honestly surprised me in its versatility. I have loved having more options in my summer wardrobe without the pressure of keeping them forever, and I've already been building out my online closet with Armoire, so I know what I want for my next case. For you expecting mamas, those working or style obsessed who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to About Progress. I'm Monica Packer, a regular mom and recovering perfectionist who uncovered the truest model to dramatic but lasting personal growth. It's progress made practical. Join us to leave the extremes behind and instead learn how to do something to grow in ways that stick. If you're having moments of resentment, anger, or that kind of I feel stuck feeling come up in your life, I highly encourage you to get to know yourself better in an exploratory way, meaning outside of goals and resolutions. That's what we do with our do something list. And if you want a guide and tons of resources for free on how to make your own, go to aboutprogress.com DSL. One of my favorite things about being a parent is seeing my kids create from their own songs on the piano to art projects galore, which I admit sometimes I also hate (laughs) because of the cleanup to writing their own novels. It's less though about what they create. It's how they create. While there's still some overwhelm and self-criticism going on with certain kids, and I feel like they're just born with that sometimes, Overall, when I see my kids create, I see an abandonment of fear and of ego. 
and I see an embracing of making something new and fun and different and weird and beautiful. Isn't it sad that so many of us lose that somewhere along the way to adulthood? I know I did. My guest today is Brooke Schultz, and she said something in the interview I'm about to share with you about how creativity is the backdoor to personal development. I never thought of that, and yet I could not agree more. Because what else, beyond the creative process, really can more easily and regularly challenge your sense of identity, push you to adopt a growth mindset, help you face your fears, and teach you about the process that we learn about so much here? Creativity is now one of my biggest values, but me owning that value was only in recent years because I didn't think I qualified as creative, especially because I don't often do the things I used to do as a kid that were creative, like dancing and art and music. But tapping back into my creative power in the many different ways it now exists in my life truly has been like coming home to me. And it's also something my DSL is helping me prioritize exploring more this year because of what a difference it's made for me. I know I'm not just going to be exploring creative mediums through this DSL focus. I'm also going to be uncovering myself along the way. And that's what I want you to cue into as well with creativity. So today you'll learn more about why creativity matters. Yes, for every single one of us and how the dance of creativity is something you can, and I don't say this lightly, maybe even should make room for in your life today. Brooke Schultz is a multi-passionate creative as a photographer, vocalist, podcaster at Wildly Creative Life, self-stylist, and more. Her joy in and pursuit of daily creativity is something she freely shares about online, including the highs and the lows but she also does a lot of work to help women explore too. Brooke Schultz, welcome to About Progress. Thank you, Monica. I have this huge grin on my face. Such a treat. Well, so do I, because it's about time. And I like, (laughs) and I want to do that song. Like, is that the Lizzo song? That's what it feels like right now, because I have been a fan of yours and I've loved learning from you. I got to be on your podcast and I've been so excited to have you on. Uh, You have a really... Uh, an amazing community of creatives. And we're going to be talking about creativity, but maybe not in the ways that women are like, uh, I automatically don't qualify because I'm not the quote unquote creative type. And actually that's where we're going to start. Why you think women need to begin by acknowledging that they are creative and why, what does that look like? Tell us all about that. Yes. We're creating everything in our lives constantly. And everything that we do is creative from the way that you get dressed in the morning to the way that you comfort a crying child. Mm -hmm. It's all creativity. So it's just a matter of first acknowledging that and acknowledging that maybe where you aren't feeling super creative is in those areas in your life where you're not infusing very much intention and maybe some fun into those things. So maybe you are getting dressed intentionally every day, but a lot of us aren't. And so with anything, you can infuse more intention and more fun, and that helps it feel 
super creative. And is that what you think the create, you know, creativity, if you were to break it down, it's intention and fun. Is yes. that what I'm hearing? Mm-hmm. The, and ingenuity as well. Kind of that classic definition of creativity where you're thinking of new ideas. You can bring that to everything from your mundane life to a formal creative practice, like you know, jewelry making, painting, or starting a business. So why does it matter that women acknowledge that they're creative and, and try to insert intention, fun, ingenuity into what they're doing. What difference does that make to their lives? It's so fascinating because we think that it's extra. We think that it's something that we do. If we have extra time at the end of the day, maybe after all the kids are down for bed and we can kind of tap into ourselves at at that point. But when you own your creative power, you are happier, you are less reactive, you're less ragey. (laughs) You have these deep wells to draw from because you're consistently connecting to the deepest part of yourself. To be a creative person is like, everyone is a creative person because to be human is to be creative. And we, you cannot go through a day in your life without creating something. You ever seen that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, where he sees how his, how his world would be so different if he was erased. That's the same with your life. And think about the, um, the power that you have in over and in all your environments and throughout your entire day. And the funniest thing is we think that we know what's gonna happen in a day. But we really have no idea. We have no clue. And COVID has taught us that, if nothing else, right? And when we can really embrace this creative power and creative spirit, then we can lean into both sides of it, both this assertion side, this powerful side, and this flow side, where we can really say, yeah, life is one big improv dance, and I have no idea what's coming next. And I can, you know, have fun in that. And it feels like to me also more empowering because, because we don't exactly know what's going to happen every day and even moment to moment, it gives us more choice in how we're going to steer the ship and how we're going to react or respond and all that. I'm, I'm curious, Brick, have you lived out this difference, you know, between not having this creative power part of your day to day life and having it more so now? I've always been someone that has been voracious for creativity. When I was um, younger, I would make lists of color names. That was my creative thing. I had, I would write novels as a kid. I was always singing. So I always had this intense drive to make things. And actually one of my favorite definitions of creativity comes from Brene Brown. She says, creativity is meaning making. Mm. And I love that so much because we are um, constantly encountering new stimulation, new information, new just circumstances in our lives that require us to make meaning. Mm -hmm. And creativity is such a gorgeous outlet for that. So for example, I have four kids, I have a special needs kiddo. And I was in therapy a few months back, just trying to get a handle on this, trying Mm -hmm. to get a handle on, okay, this is my life. How do I accept it? How do I, how do I, feel powerful. How do I move forward in this? And my therapist was great and she gave me some good tools. And then at a certain point, I realized, 
that I had a creative project that was calling to me and it was actually to write a musical about motherhood and about family life. And I got so excited, so jazzed about this idea. I started on the musical, got this huge stack of books, researching, started with just voice memos in my phone of little melodies, little riffs, ideas. And a couple sessions later at therapy, I realized I don't need this anymore. I'm good. I'm getting so much more juice, meaning making, and therapy from my creative practice. Now, of course, it's not to discount therapy for anyone, but that just shows the the power that can happen when you answer that creative calling. Mm-hmm. And I see a real fork in the road for myself in my past. Like I can make that connection and see, you know, for me, it was about reclaiming myself, but a big part of that was leaning into creativity in ways I hadn't for so long, because like you said, I had put it on the back burner. I had made it the last thing I did. I want to spend a little bit more time on what is getting in the way, just like that. What is getting in the way a woman embracing the creative power? They think it has to be productive and to, for it to be productive, they think it has to be perfect. And I know that's something that your audience really relates to, but the the funniest thing about creativity, of course, is that the more you try to boss it around and make it perfect before you and, and think it mm-hmm. into perfection, think it into being, the less the less good the work ends up being. And I see this over and over again with photographers and other creative people that I work with where they overthink everything. Mm-hmm. And the double-edged sword and the fun of a creative practice, whether it's, you know, your, your medium that you've done for a long time, or you're starting in a brand new medium in which you have no skill, is that the only way out is through. The only way to get that creative power is to do and to do poorly. (laughs) Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly. And that the also the personal growth that you encounter when you embark on this creative journey where you're not good at something in the beginning and you want to be so good at it and there's a famous quote by Ira Glass about how you get into something because you have good taste and you see these these amazing creations that your heroes are making or someone on Instagram is making and you just think that's so incredible I want to do that and so you start doing it and your work is so bad. Yeah. And the the process of trying to close that gap is actually I think one of the most delicious backdoors to personal growth that's mm-hmm. that nobody's really talking about because all of this all the personal growth stuff that we talk about so often to me sometimes feels just boring and like oh I don't want to add one more boring thing to my list in the day. I have enough mundane going on. Yeah. So if I can get that same benefit from this mysterious romantic dance with creative inspiration, I'm going to pick that every time. (laughs) I love how you're breaking this down and it is helping me see why I stopped for a while. And it was, you know, putting productivity first. It was overthinking. It was knowing that I was going to be terrible at it. Mm. And what actually helped me get started was the idea that 
I was allowed to be mediocre at stuff. And you're leaning into that heart. It sounds like you're trying to say like, that is how you access a creative power is by allowing yourself to not be good at things and knowing that is the whole point. Even that's, that's where the development lies. Yeah. I think a lot of us, especially high achieving women or women who tend to have perfectionistic qualities, tendencies, we're told that we were smart and talented growing up and that's very well-intentioned. But smart and talented gives us what Carol Dweck defines as a fixed mindset, right? Mm -hmm. And that creative practice is all about the growth mindset. It's all about, I don't know what I'm doing. And that's part of the fun. And that's a complete reprogramming for me as someone who was told that I was smart and talented. I thought that I had to prove that I was smart and talented. I had this fantasy when I was 10 years old that I was going to be the first singer that got famous by uh, being discovered like on a street corner, by the way, I would like sing while I was riding my bike thinking so that darling. producers, like such, such a 10 year old girl thing to do. Uh, I thought that I was gonna get discovered and that I was gonna become famous and be the first singer to not ever had formal voice training. Mm-hmm. And I was so enthralled with that story. And I think a lot of us are fed that story of like, if you're not a child prodigy, if you didn't start dancing at age two and continue all the way and never, ever stop and never, ever give up that sort of like hustle grind mentality that gets applied to creative practices. We think if I don't have that, then it's over before I even begin. And we fail before we start, we fail ahead of time. Whereas if we can instead embrace this dance, embrace this embrace the gorgeousness of beginning. Like if you imagine how you felt when you first fell in love and maybe you're in a longer term relationship right now and that relationship shapes shifts so much over time and that relation, like the depth of love that you have right now, you probably wouldn't trade, but that beginning, that first falling in love, it's so intoxicating and it's so fun. And you can get that same feeling without, you know, getting a new partner. You can just get a new creative practice. It's the best. This is so fun. And I have to say, like, if people should be watching in real time, you posting about this motherhood musical that you're creating and just how you've been the past few days, you've been, I'm like a, to- a total stalker right now, but you've been sharing your process of it and the mess of it and kind of that dance of it that you've been sharing. Part of that dance is hard work. Like it requires work. And I think expecting that and knowing like, you don't have to be again, good at it. Um, or that it's not too late to be bad at something too. will just help you move that through that a little bit better. And this is where I would actually love for some more tips for the women who are like, okay, I'm ready to embrace. It's not too late for me to access my creative power, to even find out what that looks like in my life and how to insert it or how to make it a practice or how to explore a medium. It's not too late. I can do it messy. What tips do you have for them who are interested in getting in touch with this creative power? Yeah. The first thing that I would suggest is actually looking to your favorite creations. Maybe it's your favorite book. What's your favorite movie, your favorite Mm -hmm. song. And then the very first baby step that you're going to do is some sort of riff on that creation. So maybe it's that you write a song for the end credits of those movies or of your favorite movie, or you make a piece of jewelry that 
a character in that movie would wear. Maybe you write a short story based on one of the characters in your favorite book. It can be even just an, another verse to your favorite song. But having that, that piece, that parameter to start from is going to give you everything that you need to get rid of that blank canvas, <laughs> blinking white screen of death, a blank page, you know, fear. Overwhelm, yeah. It's totally overwhelm. And once you start, the funnest thing about creativity is that once you start, then you start to get all these ideas. Because if you're a fan, if you're a hardcore fan of, you have favorite authors or favorite movies or, you know, favorite whatever that is your preferred medium of consumption, and creativity, then you might have this feeling that many of us have, which is it's all been done before. And mm -hmm. my heroes have already done it so much better than I ever could. So why would I even bother? And when you engage in this way by riffing on something that already exists, then you naturally start to see all of the unique ideas that you have and all of the unique ideas that just want to play with you. They're like knocking on your door and begging you to come out and, and do something with them. And so just getting started in that way is a really delicious way, especially if you don't have a current creative medium that you're attached to. Um, just starting with writing. Everybody interacts with words all the time. Just start by writing a short story or a poem or something little based on something that already exists. More tips on how to tap into your own creative power right after the break. The last few years have taught us how important mental health is to our overall state of well-being. And while I know that intellectually, and I've taught it a ton on this podcast, let me tell you, I have been living it out in a way that has been pretty unusual for me lately. Since the birth of my fifth kid, I have found myself struggling a lot more with anxiety than I typically do. And this tends to happen at night after I finally get him down in the middle of the night, I get in bed and all of a sudden my eyes pop open my thoughts are racing, and I can't sleep. This is when I reach for my phone to open up one particular app, Headspace. Headspace helps improve mental health through guided meditations, mindfulness practices, breathing and calming exercises, and so much more. These tools can help reduce anxiety, boost your mood, and help you sleep better. I also love that there's a wide range of teachers with diverse backgrounds and areas of expertise, and it means there's always a teacher and content that can help me and can help you, whether you're a first timer or you've been practicing for years. Additionally, I love that they have a feature where you can get into the right headspace in just a few minutes with their programs that you can do on the go. I've been doing their course on managing anxiety and bits and pieces throughout my day, and it's not only helped me better manage those racing thoughts that come up during the day, it's also helped me sleep better at night. Headspace has helped me and more than 100 million people worldwide, and they can help you too. Listen up. You do not want to miss this. I've arranged something special. For a limited time, all of you can try Headspace free for 30 days by going to headspace.com slash progress. You won't find this offer anywhere else. You must use my link H-E-A-D-S-P-A-C-E dot com slash progress to unlock all of Headspace free for 30 days. 
This is not something they normally do. Headspace.com slash progress. Sometimes something as awesome as having this goal to be more creative is really being held back by the lack of supportive habits that make that time and energy possible in order to be creative. If that really resonates with you, I highly recommend that you check out the Sticky Habit Method. This is my course that helps real women form real habits that enable them to be freed up to support their identity in their day-to-day lives. If creativity is calling for you and you need better sleep, you need more nutrition, you need more journaling to help get out of your head in order to make that possible, check out that course today at aboutprogress.com slash sticky habit method. This is reminding me of this time in high school where I wrote Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you ever got into that, but, but yeah, you're right though. It takes away the overwhelm of you having to like create a whole world or to be really good at something. It's, it's, it gives you that platform to, to move off from, from, you know, to blast off from it's such a good tip. What else would you say? Yeah. I think a lot of people think that they're stuck or they don't have time. And what they really don't have, as we've already kind of alluded to, is courage. You need to generate courage in five minutes. It's not that you need to have this, you know, two hours of uninterrupted time, Mm. but that you need to do the have the courage to do it messy in five minutes. And I share a lot about the concept of a minimum viable creation. So in business, they have this idea of a minimum viable product. It's like, what's the most basic, just jankiest version of what you want to create and how can you get that out into the market and get feedback on it the same applies to creativity how can you make the most the smallest viable creation and then add this next layer of sharing it it can just be texting it to a friend Mm -hmm. but the pattern should be ready fire aim and we spend our whole lives doing ready aim fire Mm -hmm. and we mostly get to ready aim and we get so little on the fire. And so if you do ready fire aim, you just have so many more shots at it and you have so many more uh, creations to go from. I mean, at this point in my life, like the amount of the mass of creations that I've made, just that in and of itself is so staggering and gorgeous to me because I've done ready fire aim. Yeah. (laughs) And you make that your modality and you'll be amazed at what you can create even and especially with so much else on your plate it really does not have to take extra time i hope that people get that and and then the, the other aspect here is well how do i infuse this sense of creativity into my daily life like into my mundane you know um and i really recommend that it doesn't take more time initially that you just add that layer of intention. Maybe you're lighting candles for a regular, you know, Tuesday night dinner, mm-hmm. or maybe you're adding in a, a dance party that takes three minutes of a, of a great song that, and that's how you're asking yourself the magic question, which is how can I infuse this day or this chore with more fun? And it's not a question that we ask ourselves a lot. We're like, how can I get it more done faster? <laughs> right? Yes. And when we ask, when you ask a, better question, you get a better answer, right? So you ask your brain to look for fun. You ask your brain to create fun. It's a supercomputer. It's going to find more fun for you. It's going to say, put on the music while you're making dinner and dance around like a crazy person in your kitchen. It's going to say, 
you know, try some crazy glitter eyeshadow just for school drop off and pick up. See if that makes you feel any different. It's it, those little things that create more intention and fun are really how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. So that's the magic. Another magic piece to this is the confidence piece. Like I think a lot of times we're waiting for the confidence or the, the certainty. And I have found in that ready fire aim, I had a coach tell me that four years ago, and that really changed a lot for me. Um, the weird magic that happens is that in the firing and the missing, Hmm. you weirdly still get more confidence. Hmm. Like the confidence builds even in the trying, even in the firing. And like you said too, it opens yourself up to suddenly you're getting more ideas and becoming this filter almost of, of creativity, like as a, as an outside being, even it's weird. It's really weird. And, and like we said, magical. Everybody says, oh, I wish you great success. You know, you'll be so good at that. That's what they love to encourage people with. And I'm like, no, I, I really wish you failure. <laughs> like, I wish you failure because when you get that first sense of ready, fire, aim, and you're missing, and like you're saying, you're making mistakes and it's really not good, you realize how much you can handle. You realize that it's the stakes are so low, especially in creativity. It's so funny that we think it has to be so perfect to be worthwhile when theoretically it's just self-expression. It's just a book. It's just a painting. It really doesn't matter. But the, the beautiful thing is that of course it does matter immensely because of what it gives back to us, but also how it reverberates across our lives, how mm -hmm. this creation that I'm making of this motherhood musical, like even if it's not a good musical at the end of the day, the, the reverberation, the ripple effect that it's having on my ability to show up as the best mom that I want to be, the most aligned person that I want to be is incredible. The ripple effect that it's going to have of somebody out there watching me do this musical in a really just like such an amateur way is going to inspire them to create something. And you never know what the ripple effect of your creativity is going to be. And I think that it's actually a responsibility that we have, especially as women who are leading other women who are leading often little people into the world. I cannot expect my kids to go after their dreams if they don't see me going after mine. I can't expect them to live a wildly creative life if I'm not actively creating this creative life. So it, it just it just matters across so many domains. And when we think that it's just extra, we're doubly impoverishing ourselves and you know our posterity and all the people that are in our lives. You said a word there. Double, Doubly, what was it? Doubly impoverishing. <laughs> so like meaning you're not only denying yourself of it, you're denying the people that matter most to you of it. That resonates so deeply with me. And also it's, it's helping me see the times where people have said, oh, I'm so inspired by you. It's never been about the finished product. It's been when I've shared the mess in between. And how that's what's given them courage to make a mess and try something new themselves. 
And that is helping me remember to share the in-between again, more often. I used to do that more and I've just forgotten, um, just like you're doing with the musical and doing that with the people who live with us, the children that many of us are raising. What a gift. It's beautiful, Brooke. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. People often think that it has to be grandiose to be worthwhile, to be gorgeous. But my paternal grandmother, she died when my dad was nine, so I never knew her. And my grandfather was an alcoholic. My dad ended up having a really tough life. Mm. And um, I mean, amazingly, he pulled himself out of that and created an incredible family. But my grandmother was a poet and she left a compilation of her poetry. And this poetry that she left behind is such a legacy. And, you know, she didn't know that she was going to die an early death. She didn't know that that would be what she would leave. And she wasn't famous. She never had an Instagram account, you know, but this gift that she gave of this poetry, not only she actually wrote a poem for my dad that has ended up being this um, guiding star for him throughout his life. And um, he sees her as an incredible matriarch who really foresaw so much of his life's mission and gave him a vision when he was you know, really struggling with all of these, these life circumstances that were thrown to him. And you just, you just think it's so simple. You think it's just comforting a child. You think it's just getting dressed every day. You think it's just making a meal every day, day after day. But when you do it in the way that only you can do it, you, you really can't foresee the impact that it will have. Hmm. Thank you for sharing about that. Any other tips for that woman then who's ready to embrace that story, to live that out? Yeah. I think a lot of times we stop ourselves because we think I have all these constraints. I don't have enough time or I don't have enough money or I don't have the right tools or whatever the reason is that we're not getting started. But when I realized that constraint and creativity is actually essential, Mm -hmm. then I started to take back a lot of that power and a lot of that narrative. So artists from Piet Mondrian to Picasso have employed constraint to really hone these styles. So think about your favorite artist or your favorite creator, anyone that you would think of that has a particular style. If you have them in your mind and you could describe a few things about their style, maybe some salient characteristics of that style, what might those be? Style is just selective constraint. Style is just self-imposed constraint. And so they did this study that was super fascinating where they asked participants to uh, write greeting cards and they gave one group just blank cards, just write a greeting card, go ahead, go ahead. And then they gave another group nouns that they had to use in their greeting cards. And the group that was given words that they had to use were more creative than the ones who just had a blank slate. And I mean, we already kind of touched on this about riffing on something that's existing, but it also applies to the constraints that you have that you think are limitations and the things that you think about you that are just really not going to work for you and your creativity. Maybe your voice is too loud. Maybe you feel like you're too big, too old, too young, whatever it is, those constraints are essential. And those are going to be the calling cards that let somebody into a world, an idea that you're trying to communicate that they would never be able to hear from someone without that particular constraint. 
even just our constraint of time, you know, like we, yeah, you're right. We look at that as a limitation, but what if that was like a constraint where you could just go for it, just make a mess in that amount of time and see what happens. I can see what a difference that will make too. Beautiful. These tips have been so empowering Brooke and so much bigger than us just becoming cross stitchers or, you know, writing a song or, and all those things matter too. But to me, they're just, that's what we want them to really get the the bigger picture here, why it matters. If there was one small way that you think women could get started on this, what do you think it would be? Yeah. Beyond riffing on something that's existing or making that idea of a, of a minimum viable creation that we've already talked about. If you have something that you've done in the past that you want to pick up again, really back up the bus and ask yourself what you might need. Maybe you're, maybe you're going to order some paintbrushes on Amazon today. Yeah. Uh, maybe you're going to get a, a little section corner of your bedroom that you could set up a little desk that you could write at or some environment, some thing that will help support as you talk about all the time habits, what's going to support this new version of you that is in touch with her creative self. Mm-hmm. And if if you don't have anything, if you're like, oh, I really don't have any medium that I want to explore right now, the last suggestion that I'll give for that type of person is to engage with the world in creative presence. And this can be in any format that makes sense to you. It can be notes that you take on your phone of little snippets of overheard conversation that you like, or mm-hmm. it can be little voice memos that you make to yourself of describing the natural world that you see while you're at the park with your kids that really speaks to you. Maybe you're super drawn to the sky. Maybe you're super drawn to leaves. Maybe you have uh, just a moment in the day where you take a second and breathe in the creativity of the world that's all around us, right? Everything was created here. And when you when you start to engage with the world in this creative presence, then you have this really deep well to draw from. You have this notebook full of notes. You have a voice memo app full of your your musings on you know just whatever you're overhearing, whatever you're experiencing day to day, that then becomes your uh, fertile soil from which to draw and plant your seeds of what you want to create that's unique to you based on your experience. Brooke, I just want to keep talking to you. I think you should do a course and our book on this. Uh, (laughs) You have so much to offer. And like I have said a few times, one of the biggest things I think you offer is an invitation into what it looks like in the in-between. So for women who are ready to take part in that, to witness it and to be inspired by it, where should they go? Yeah, you can follow me at Brooke B. Schultz on Instagram. I'm over there. And um, if you are a podcast listener, I also have a podcast called Wildly Creative Life. You can just search Wildly Creative Life wherever you get your podcasts. And I can be in there giving you more creativity tips and advice and actionable goodness over there. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Monica. It's been a pleasure. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. I'll now share the progress pointers in this episode, and these are the notes that I took so you don't have to. 
And those on my go-getter newsletter get this in a graphic form each Wednesday. You can sign up through the link in the show notes. Number one, everything that we do is creative. Creativity are things done with intention, fun, and ingenuity. It helps us tap into and feed the deepest parts of ourselves. Number two, productivity and perfectionism easily get in the way of our creativity. This is why creativity is the back door to personal development. It challenges where we place our worth and helps us develop the growth mindset. Number three, tips to tap into your creative power include riff off your favorite creations, make the smallest viable creations, meaning messy creations in the smallest amounts of time, and infuse a sense of creativity into the mundane of life. And number four, remember these two things. You can't foresee the impact your creativity will have. Also, constraints, in other words, limitations, are essential to creativity. Your do something challenge for this week is to take one small step to support a creative habit or explore a medium in your life. One small step. And she says that could be like buy buy something you need for it. Look up a YouTube video. Just do one small step. Another possible do something challenge is to engage with the world with a creative presence. I love how she did that too. It's just like having that lens of creativity and exploring your regular world with that. I love this interview with Brooke so much. I highly recommend that you check out her podcast, Wildly Creative Life. It really is so good. And she is a fellow lover of learning too. She incorporates a lot of research and science and up-to-date stuff with um, personal development alongside creativity. Um, and I love following her on Instagram too. She's one of my favorite follows. So we have everything linked to Brooke in our show notes. And I'm again, so glad that she was able to be on the show. A quick reminder before I head out today, If you don't know this yet, I'm still on maternity leave and I did my best to prepare three months of podcast episodes in advance, but I also decided to take a backseat to my own marketing of the podcast so I could focus on the baby and doing lots of chores around helping that baby. So that means I depend a lot on you, the listeners, to do that marketing work on my behalf. And what this looks like is it just means you share the podcast with even one friend today. You get bonus points though if you leave a rating and review on your podcast app if you haven't yet. Thanks so much for stepping up in ways I'm choosing not to right now and thank you for listening. Now go and do something with what you learned today. Everybody, um, <clears throat> Sorry, I should have had water. You're good. Do you need you to go get some? Because you really can. I might get a drink on your honor. Like, see. <laughs> no, I should have had that by me. I've just been talking really loud a lot today, I guess. <laughs> no. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.